welcome to another podcast of Mind Comic Freedom, the formula. We are setting the standard for accountability and responsibility. Let each care for self and all will be cared for. Hey, hey, what are you boys doing with that? Hey, come back, Peyton, Mason, come back here. Peyton, Mason, hey, come back here. Boys, you can run all you want, but you have to come down at some point. And those flowers better be in one piece. A little too late for that. Huh? Thank you. And so it begins, the music swells, the rose gets handed to her from the handsome young guy, and off we go into a Christmas match, or a match for Christmas, or something like that. I can't remember the name of the movie. Anyway, uh, a match made at Christmas, I guess is the name of the movie. Um, you know, I started to watch this, and I all of a sudden, I found myself not being able to pull myself away. Not because I thought it was a great movie, but I thought it had some really terrific scenes about relationships, being accountable, being responsible, uh, the subtle manipulations, the games people play, the delusions that they have. And I thought it might be fun to kind of break it down. So um, I've snipped this up. I do not own the rights to this movie. I'm not making any money off of it. Just as a disclaimer, I'm just showing scenes, small clips from it, uh, so that uh, we can kind of play around with it a little bit. Uh, so that first scene is kind of interesting because, you know, it starts the premise, you know, where... Uh, you know, she sees the guy and lives happily ever after, uh, although that is not the premise of this movie. Um, this girl, uh, she and her family, her brother and her mother, it sounds like the father has died, as with most of these holiday movies. Somebody has died in this movie. Uh, on top of that, we will complicate things more because the mother has a disability. Although she is able to walk, she does do so with a cane. It looks like I'm not quite sure what her disability is, but... Um, but she manages it well, and it's, like, not a big deal. I can't tell, though, is she acting, or did they do it on purpose? I'm not really sure. And they don't really disclose in the movie. Um, and so then what's happening is she runs the tree farm, the family tree farm, been in the family for a long time. The brother is getting married, and uh, apparently he's come home for the holidays, for the wedding. They're having a Christmas wedding. And she and the bride, of course, are good friends. And then the brother is getting married. She winds up becoming the maid of honor and, you know, winds up having to do all the duties of that. And the brother and the gentleman that you saw there that was handing her the rose is uh, the antagonist, if you will. But at times, if you ask me, I think he's the protagonist. Um, so it's kind of interesting because there's a theme that I find that runs through this entire movie that I, I think is very fascinating. Um, I'm going to show another clip from it, and then we'll talk about it, and then we'll keep moving. What could there possibly be not to like? I just find the whole thing overly commercialized. I mean, the competitive market has ruined what I'm sure started out as a, a small, heartfelt celebration. But now, it's all boxed gingerbread sets and catchy jingles full of fake platitudes. <laughs> Well, no wonder you hate the holiday. You have missed the point entirely. 
I speak from experience. Sounds like you need to get some new experiences. So let me get this straight. You think that Christmas is just a big fake and all of us who love it are, what, suckers with loose wallets? It's the oldest marketing trick in the book. You tag an emotional response to a product, you are 10 times more likely to sell it. When you analyze and ascribe dark motives to an innocent holiday, you are 10 times more likely to hate it. Well, I prefer to keep my eyes wide open. Then surely you can see all the joy and happiness that Christmas brings people. Appears to bring. Let's not forget all the stress and debt that come along with it. Some people are so desperate to fit themselves in the little box society has made for them, they'll do anything. Well, some people are so desperate to be unique, and aloof that, well, they become arrogant jerks. So uh, kind of an interesting exchange, of course, you know, as the premise with a lot of these Christmas movies, you know, um, sometimes they don't like each other right away. It's kind of weird because it starts off where he's handing her a rose uh, in one of the first scenes. And then as it starts to progress, we come to find out that, you know, obviously he's been hurt, she's been hurt, woe is me, whatever. Um, and then they go into this kind of frictional relationship. Part of the premise of the movie is that her aunt uh, knows how to make these matches and that in their little village of where they live, uh, the aunt has done this quite a bit of the time throughout history, her history, her family's history, where she just knows the right people to match up and supposedly uh, she has the aunt has matched the two of them up. But of course, then ensues, you know, the storyline of how uh, they don't really get along because obviously he's got some skeleton in his closet yet to be revealed. And, you know, she appears as this ingenue who, you know, she loves the holidays and she loves Christmas and she loves helping her friend. But what we see after a while in this particular movie is the manipulation. And this guy calls her out on it. And I really, there were a couple of scenes there that I thought, those are really good. I don't see those very often in a movie uh, or a TV show where somebody will actually ask somebody, you know, what is this, you know, and and refer to their self-interest and to their motivation. And not in a way of asking the why question, but he even says, what is this? You know, wanting to know what is going on in the situation and then calls her on, you know, her manipulation of it. For a lot of people, they, when they get into their controlling nature, it's because they don't want to take accountability for whatever the outcome is. They're trying to control it so much because they really are afraid of, and, and or maybe it's not fear, but it's just the whole idea of, I need this to go a particular way. I'm attached to an outcome. That's my self-interest. That's my motivation. And so now I'm going to manipulate people in order to get them to do what I want them to do and to control their choices. I'm limiting their choices by limiting their options and thereby making this go the way I think that it should go. And that's even one of the scenes that you'll see later on is where this particular character uh, thinks that she really knows best, uh, you know, that show Father Knows Best. Well, apparently this young lady thinks that she knows best for everybody. Good afternoon. Could you just not right now? 
I'm not really interested in any further humiliation. Thank you. What, got nothing to say for yourself? Gee, Holly, I'm so sorry for embarrassing you in front of everyone. You embarrassed yourself. Yeah, well, since we are both stuck in this ridiculous predicament together, I thought I might just have your support. Why are you going along with this? Because rumors will spread regardless of what we do. But if you make a big deal out of it, it just makes things worse. Rumors spread because you won't correct them. You have a voice and a say. Yeah, well, unlike some people, I don't really want to be a jerk. They're the ones acting like jerks. And you're welcome, by the way, for standing up to them. not like I actually wanted to kiss you either. No offense. None taken. And I'm sorry that everyone's put you in this ridiculous predicament. I'm sorry that it was embarrassing for you. So what an interesting premise. Uh, they're at a function where of course, there's a bunch of people there, including the aunt who's made the match, and they happen to be standing under the mistletoe, and there is this pressure for them to kiss each other. Now, she's very upset in this scene, and what is interesting when you're dissecting something like this is, what is the reason that she is upset? And the fact is, is that Yes, she was humiliated, so she says, but she was humiliated, and he calls her on it. He goes, you embarrassed yourself because she won't own the fact that she likes this guy, that she is attracted to this guy. And in fact, she wouldn't have minded, she would have liked, actually, if he had kissed her. But that's not how he feels, or that's not how he felt, and as he revealed in that. And there's a lot of pressure, you know, people were like, oh, kiss her, kiss her, you know, how people get. And instead of just, you know, hey, you know, brushing it off, all right, you guys, all right, all right, I don't know this guy, whatever. Or, you know, she then instead decided to play victim. And so then you see this scene where, indeed, that is what she's doing. You know, oh, I'm so humiliated. And he's just like, you embarrassed yourself. Because, you know, what he doesn't say to her, but which is the reality is you embarrassed yourself because you had a motivation for wanting to engage with me in a way that I don't want to engage with you. And the fact that you don't want to own that and then be responsible and accountable for whatever the outcome was, which is you didn't get to kiss me under the mistletoe. Now you want to turn it on me and make it seem as though I'm the one that has somehow victimized you. Now, I am really getting into the minutia of this, but for a very good reason, because in my mind, because I look at it and I think these are the subtle manipulations that happen to us in movies, in television, uh, these television shows, we hear it on the news, uh, things that you're reading, these subtle manipulations, languaging of things in such a way to make it appear as though somebody is a victim who indeed is not a victim. Most of the time, the victim is the bully. 
So where does the bully come in? Well, you see later on in the scene, go back and watch it again. She says, you know, well, unlike some people, I you know, uh, I chose not to be a jerk. Okay, so now you're calling him a jerk. So the guy that you were attracted to, you're just pushing him down in the sandbox because you really do like him. See, she's all over the place with this kind of stuff. But it's a manipulation. And so she goes from being the victim to being the bully. But in fact, she's the bully to begin with. Why? Because she's making choices that are manipulative because she has an outcome that she wants to have happen. And that is she's attracted to this guy and she wants to kiss him. And he wants no part of it. Maybe it's none of my business, but you cannot put your life on hold for other people. But they're my family. You're not doing anyone any favors by pretending you don't feel the way that you do. You should be honest with them. Yeah, but I couldn't disappoint them like that. No, I mean, if this is the best way that I can support my family, then it's just, it's just what I have to do. Well, shouldn't they support you too? What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> Spencer would let his new business die to take care of Dad's shop, and, and he doesn't want to do that. And then I would have to live with that on my conscience for the rest of my life. If you do nothing, nothing will change. Are you really prepared to spend the rest of your life in that shop? So as their relationship kind of evolves, they wind up having this conversation about, you know, the premise of you know, she's sticking around, you know, she's the one suffering. I mean, this is what she's not saying, but she's saying it, right? Is that, no, I have to do this for my family. Again, the manipulation, the game playing, the delusion, the virtue signaling. No, you know, I have to do this because of my family. I don't want my family to be disappointed. I couldn't live with myself. Well, who are you virtue signaling to? Who is it that you are trying to impress with such a particular statement and with the actions? Listen, you either do or you do not. You do because you want to, not because you're expecting some sort of reciprocity. And that reciprocity can come in the form of acknowledgement or some sort of praise that people are heaping on you. Wow, isn't that amazing? You're willing to suffer. You're willing to give up your life, your dreams, in order for your brother to have his dreams. You are a saint. But, I mean, you can hear, I mean, when you start to, now that I've said these things, you watch these movies, there's some of this that if you haven't thought of it before, you're going to think of it now because these these manipulations, these games that people are playing are because they just don't want to be accountable. They just don't want to be responsible. And he rightly points out to her once again, you know, hey, uh, you're not doing anybody any favors. And yet, and again, in a subtle way, he's calling out the game that she's playing is that she is trying to manipulate a situation because she, again, thinks she knows best. So she's not focused on herself She's focused on what she thinks is best for her family, what she thinks is best for her brother. She's not talking to the brother. She's not talking to the mom. She's not expressing what it is that's important to her and following her own internal authority. Instead, she's decided to turn it on everybody else. 
What happens then in those situations is, again, the victim is always the bully, and the bully is doing their bullying through manipulating of emotion with people, virtue signaling. And then if you were to say anything, well, what kind of a person are you that you don't appreciate all of the efforts that she's doing? Look at all she's done for you. (laughs) Is this sounding familiar to anybody? He's a great guy and all. We just had different goals when it came to relationships. He wanted somebody fun to hang out with and... I wasn't going to commit to someone who I didn't see it getting serious with, so. When I called things off, he didn't take it so well. Said that I didn't give us a chance to get serious. Well, you only went on a couple dates. Yeah, but shouldn't it only take a couple dates before you know if it's somebody you could get serious with or not? <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking no, to you about no, this. I, I, I get it. <laughs> I do. Why keep up the pretense of a relationship when you know it can't go anywhere? It's not fair to anyone in that scenario. Sounds like some sore history there. There's someone I thought I was serious about, but it didn't work out. What happened? No, 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 no. I told you my story. You have to tell me yours. All right, fine. We met in college and followed her to Chicago. Things were going great. It's building a career. One day, about five months ago, she just up and left. Turns out she never was that serious about the relationship. And then on top of it, you got fired? Because it has me questioning where I am now and now I got here. Another interesting exchange in this particular relationship, first of all, everyone's telling their story, right? Which, (laughs) if you've been listening to the podcast, you know, it's just like, yeah, do I really need to know your story? Uh, When you start disclosing things of such a personal nature, you, and you know, in, in these types of complexities, you, you start to give a person ammunition. I mean, that really is the reality of it. Why? What is it that you're doing that you need to tell your story? What is it that you're hoping to accomplish by telling your story? Okay, everybody's got a story. So what is the point of having to tell it? Isn't it enough to just say, yeah, it just didn't work out. And then you move on. What is the motivation behind wanting to tell that story? What is it you're trying to do by telling that story? What do you hope to gain? What is it that you're trying to elicit from the other person? There's just a whole host of things that can occur when, you know, trying to disclose a story. Now, one of the pieces that I thought was really beautiful was when, you know, she says, well, shouldn't you know after a couple of dates? Okay, well, she watches too many of these movies because... it's not that you you wouldn't know but if you're a person that has a high level of health yes you would know you would know it even before that you you know that but if you went into a couple of dates you kind of get a sense that you know maybe this is probably not the right person and he even says you know well you you only had a couple of dates and she goes well shouldn't you know after a couple of dates and the answer is yes 
and know when you have more dates with a person and you spend more time with them, they reveal who they are and that helps you assess how you want that relationship to go in a sense of, do I want to pursue? Do I want to move towards it or do I want to move away from it? So there's an interesting complexity, I think, going on in that particular scene where it does speak to a reality, but it she does not have the health to understand that reality, so she's gone off with it in a different direction. Uh, but the biggest piece, I think, is that, you know, you just don't need to be telling your story, right? Less is less. I, Holly Everton, can do more. That could be your slogan. What's that mean? Seems like every time I turn around, you've undertaken a new task for someone else. You ever think you might be doing too much? Nope. I'm happiest when I have a lot to do. And especially when it's helping people that I care about. And that's why you do it? Of course. I think you need it. You like being in the middle of everything and being needed by everyone. I like helping people, making life easier for them. Is, is there something so terribly wrong about that? No. Just as long as it's what you actually want. So again, I think it's interesting that she is revealing more about, well, in my opinion, she's revealing more about how she's damaged inside. I mean, she's sitting there saying that, you know, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with wanting to do things for other people. And again, he calls it out. Yeah, if that's what you want to do, but are you really owning your motivation for what it is that you're wanting to do? Or again, are you just doing it because you have a need to control things and in order to do so, you manipulate people? What is going on in an individual that's in your life that has such a drive and a need for that? A person that, I say at the beginning of every podcast, let each care for self and all will be cared for. So what is it that she thinks, because she does, she thinks that she knows what everybody else needs. What is it that she thinks that all these people need, that they need her? They can't live their lives without her. She has to be the puppet master. She has to take care of the mom. She has to take care of the brother. She has to take care of the business. And at some point, she tries taking care of him. And we will see what goes on with that next week on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me this weekend. I hope you enjoy dissecting this movie. We will definitely continue this on next week's podcast. There's a lot more fun scenes coming up from this. Hey, uh, hit the like button if you would. And share this with your family and friends. You never know how it might help them. If you have a question or a comment and you want to drop that in the comments or send me an email, feel free to do so. Hope you're enjoying your Thanksgiving weekend. And I will see you next weekend on the podcast.